0: Welcome to the GovCom's podcast, bringing you the latest insights and innovations from experts and thought leaders around the globe in government communication. Now, here is your host, David Pembroke.
1: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome once again to GovComs, the podcast that examines the practice of content communication in government and the public sector. My name is David Pembroke, and thank you for joining me. Today, we wrestle with the huge issue of trust, and we are going to talk about trust with Caroline Fisher, who is an assistant professor in journalism at the University of Canberra. Now, you may remember Caroline, certainly she's been a guest before in, in years past on the GovCom's podcast, but recently we spoke to her about the digital news report, both the global and the Australian versions of the digital news report. So just dial back if you're interested in that um, to get some of those insights about the changing nature of communication, you know, the changing nature of how people are getting their news. Or perhaps, in fact, one of the great insights was the fact that a lot of people are not getting their news, choosing not to consume news information because basically they've got better things to do with their time. Really interesting impacts, I think, around that. So if you are interested in in changes around how people are consuming news information, and particularly for those of you working in government communication. I think there's some great insights in there for that one. So dial back to that one. But today we're talking trust. And Caroline Fisher has made this a bit of an expertise of hers where she has worked very hard to understand just what is it. that people are looking for in terms of building trust, maintaining trust, and sustaining trust over time. Uh, Caroline is an expert in journalism and political communication. In 2018, she received the Anne Dunn Scholar Award for her research work in communications. She also received the Vice Chancellor's Award for Excellence in Teaching in 2014 and again in 2018. 2017. And as I mentioned, she's a co author of the annual digital news report here in Australia and has published several peer reviewed articles on her research into politics, into journalism, into media, and into communication. But she joins me in the studio. Caroline, thanks very much for joining me on GovComs. Thanks, David. Nice to be here. Back again. Yes. I know. I should just move in, bring a (laughs) pillow and a doona in the corner. So why is it harder? What, what, what's going on with trust? We know every year the Pew Centre tells us, yeah. the Edelman Trust Barometer tells us, it's getting harder and harder to sustain and maintain trust. Now, this podcast is for government communicators, and obviously it's a big challenge of theirs to be yeah. able to communicate in such a way that we can sustain trust in our democratically elected institutions. But why is it getting harder? God, great question. Um, This is a a beast,
0: Trust, um, and I have, like you say, I've done a bit of work on it and I guess I want to make it all a bit messy for a second. Um, So, you know, looking at news media generally, I mean, you know, journalists have always been rated down there on those trust scales of professions down there near used car salesmen. So this perception <laughs> that you know that there's always been high levels of trust in the news media and suddenly it's gone south is just wrong. Yeah. Um, so we've always had sort of um, lowish perceptions of trust. We
1: have what why our, is uh, it? Why, why is that? What? Why traditionally were journalists always perceived as being untrustworthy?
0: Well, um, I think that it goes it goes back to. It's individual practice as well. I mean, certain things... There are certain... um, God, like I say, this is going to get really messy. Um, Individual journalists are very trusted and some of them are the most trusted in the world. You go back to, you know, think of Walter Cronkite and people like that and they were the most trusted man man in America, Mm. etc. So... There are certain people who have reputations and people learn they have a relationship with them and, they, you know, they do trust them and they think, well, whatever comes out of their mouth is going to be reliable. But there's a whole bunch of shysters out there, really yeah. crap reporters uh, and and you can just see it how it's portrayed in the in the films and you know yeah. the, the way that that story is told. I mean, tells the story of society's perception of journalists and how it's changed over time, mm. or change you know, and changes depending on the news organisation. There's a fabulous series on at the moment, a BBC series called Press. Um, if you haven't seen it, watch it. Um, uh, with uh, oh gosh, can't think of his first name, but Chaplin is
1: his surname. I you haven't know, he plays that. My wife's watching that it's at brilliant. the moment. Brilliant, and
0: and it's it's clearly a, a spoof on a well, it's meant to be a Murdoch paper. It's meant to be the News of the World or something, right? Uh, versus sort of the Guardian equivalent across the road, you know. Right. And it's the ethical versus the unethical, you know. So it's it's these these perceptions of trust. Whilst we talk about them in generalised sense, they are very, they're brand specific, you know. There's they're about the user, so we can have a We can have a sense of trust about news in general. We can have a sense of trust about the brand that we use or, you know, that we rely on. Um, they can differ. It, we can have a trust in a particular journalist. We can have tr- trust in uh, a particular, you know, certain content. So when we talk about trust, and I guess this is the stuff that academically I've written about and written peer-reviewed articles about and book chapters about, is, well, what what are we actually talking about? Which part of journalism or news are we talking about when we say, do you trust the news? Which bit is it the actual content of the story? You know, is it the journalist that wrote it? Is it the process of journalism and the selectivity that it went through to actually become a news story in the first place? I.e., do you trust the editor and, and every other thing, every other process that went through through it? Do you trust the masthead? <laughs> do you trust uh, the owner of the news company? Do you trust the friend on Facebook who shared the story with you? I mean, what are we talking about? Do you trust? Do you like the look at the 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 layout? Of the website on which you got it, was it easy to interact with, you know? Um, or are you just looking for, cons- uh, you know, confirmation bias and you actually just agreed with the content, you mm. know, and therefore it reflected your worldview, so therefore I trust it. Mm. You know, I mean, we could keep going as in splicing the nuances of, of how trust perceptions um, are influenced. Mm. So it is a monster, you know, of a question. And can I say what's interesting about this People have always consumed news that they don't trust, okay? And there's research going right back to the 70s. It's called users and uh, gratifications and they use a theory called users and gratifications theory, trying to understand this because, you know, you think to yourself logically, well, why would you consume news that you don't trust? Uh, Well, it turns out for a whole range of reasons. (laughs) We consume it for entertainment. We consume it so that we have... Information, common information to share so we can socialise and have, have a common sphere of discussion with colleagues and friends uh, so we have a sense of orientation and belonging in the world um, for fun, uh, for a whole range of things, relaxation. Uh, trust is just one of, you know, a range of factors. It's not the only reason, and in fact for some people it's not the reason uh, why they choose to access news. Mm. So... I've kind of blown it all up in the air there. But I think it's really important to do that because I think everyone bangs on about trust, trust, trust. Um, Oh, if only we could trust news more. It's just like, well, yeah, okay. It's part of an answer. Mm. It's not the silver bullet, Mm. you know, because there are people who pay for news in our survey who do not trust news. Mm. And maybe that's one of the reasons why they pay for the news that they do buy because they don't trust anything else. Or, you know. Yeah,
1: I get that. I'll There's a whole saying. range
0: of things going on here.
1: Now, how <laughs> much do you then so, – so drawing a line through that, and given that people consume most of their information and acquire most of their knowledge about government and about democratically elected institutions through the news, mm. do you believe that there is a link between <laughs> that? Yes, yes. There is? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we don't trust government because we don't trust where the information comes from?
0: No. I think, I think, and having worked on both sides of the fence and when I also look at the survey, so it's not just, um, you know, this is, I can inject a little bit of personal reflection in here, but based on the evidence of the survey, uh, news is very negative on the whole. You know, negativity okay. is the default news value. A conflict is, you know, and conflict is the default news value. And politics is full of conf- conflict. You know, when was the last time you saw a story that said government does good? Mm. Government helps, you know, 800 people, you know, get a wheelchair. Uh, where, where, I where, where's that a, story? I, I, you know? I think
1: this is sort of, and this, you know, particularly I think is the frustration of many oh, people who work in government I feel your pain.
0: I've been there. I've, I've been, been a ministerial <laughs> media advisor and been absolutely frustrated out of my head. Yeah. Over but how this, they just want to focus on the negative. Yeah, which is
1: it. which is where I think this this is the opportunity around content and going yeah, direct and yeah, building totally. our channels yeah. and becoming. That's why a, people do it. A great storyteller yeah. on behalf of your policy, your program, your service, or your regulation, yeah. and to reach the highest possible standards of storytelling. Yeah. Tell it straight. Yeah. But tell it well. You know, know make sure the video looks good. Make, but,
0: you know, so the, a couple of things going on at the moment. <laughs> Wow. So, you know, the perennial oh, you know, travel wrought story. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Oh, politician diddles extra amount of money out or whatever, but they've paid it back or whatever, but you know, negative stories it's easy. But you know oh, uh, or, you know, it's also terrible about whatever. But actually there's a whole bunch of great things going on, and uh, you know, like there are old gold mines being turned into, you know, thermal power stations and there's a whole bunch of, you know, really innovative great things which actually lift people's despair, you know, about the world. Um, but are we telling those stories? No. Uh, but, no, we focus on this. No wonder people don't trust politicians because all we ever hear about is the fact that someone didn't pay their their airfare or they, and if they did, they paid it back too late. Or, you know, we bang on far too much about... But that's
1: never going to change.
0: Well, it should, the, It needs to change yeah, but, because people, for a start, our survey tells us, and we know this, we, you and I, are interested in politics. Joe Public is not interested in, pub, in, in politics. Now, there's a fine line there. There's a certain amount of information that needs to be portrayed to Joe Public about what's going on in the world so they can vote accordingly. But it can't all be negative. So We've you, got it's, to address this.
1: So you're saying that for the news media... Yes. It's bad for business. Well, ne- negative news is showing that it's bad for business because people are turning off,
0: Well, tuning out. I think I, I might have mentioned in the, you know, a couple of weeks ago in our previous uh, discussion that there's a certain amount of negativity I think that people understand and accept. It comes with, with news. I mean, you know, the fact that someone's doing something wrong, it's, it's the scrutiny role of media, uh, highlighting, you know, corruption or whatever, that is one of its jobs. So there's going to always be a certain amount of negativity in the news. However, it's constant, yeah. And it, is, it just becomes overwhelming mm. and people get tired of it and they get worn out by it.
1: But do you think that there is a responsibility then on, on behalf of the media organisation and on behalf of the journalists is that they be more even-handed? Absolutely. Why is everything the government does terrible? But that's a bit pollyanna isn't it? Like, no, they're not going to do that,
0: are they? But, well, maybe they're not, but maybe they need to think about uh, how they do talk about politics and, and make it less about the theatre and mm. the conflict, and more about, you know, the issues that actually matter. And I, I know we say that sort of ad nauseum, that we should take more of a retail approach, but I really think you need to it, because somehow you've got to impart this important democratic knowledge. Yeah. But, but but not turn people off by the constant griping and bickering and small-time theatre because that is what erodes trust.
1: Yeah, yeah. But the journalists, I, I don't know, I, I just think they feel that if they write something positive, that they're patsies. If they write something yeah. positive, they're being caught by the spin machine. You can still
0: tell a good story and, add, and apply scrutiny. It doesn't, of course you can. It doesn't have to be spin. It's not one-sided. It can be yeah. balanced and have scrutiny in it. But it can, you know, it, there are ways and ways. And and like I say, even if there is uh, an issue to be uncovered, let's, let's go to that and dig a bit deeply and... Uh, but just get away from this constant shallow griping, mm. because it turns people off.
1: Mm. But it's it, it, and that's true. And and when you think, you know, you can look at any number of um, examples of big, complex, difficult change, particularly in the, yeah. this time where there's massive transformation being driven by you know the improvements in digital technology and trying to keep up. And trying to keep systems relevant and delivering and services being delivered while, you know, people are expecting more. They want, you know, everything delivered to them on their phone, you know, straight away, all the rest of it. These are complex, difficult challenges. But you always read about, you know, cost blowout, hmm. you know. <laughs> overrun yep. you know but there's there is very rarely that sense of well what were they trying to do here and what they were probably trying to do was pretty hard <laughs> That's and right. guess what they mightn't have got it right but there. No. but that nuance is just lost is it was not lost because it's never even uncovered it's just no. ignored
0: well you know this is something actually when I did my PhD years ago <laughs> I think one of the problems is is there's just a complete lack of understanding of how government works.
1: Yeah, and you know, and but does anyone care? Like, do people really want to know how government works? No, but what
0: I'm saying is, what well, if if I you're a journalist, kind of, I suppose covering. Yeah. But, yeah,
1: you, but you, you actually, one know.
0: of the advantages, you know, because I was talk, you know my research was into people who had who had been journalists who then became spin doctors and actually went back to journalism. And the perception actually was of those people and even of their editors and their, who employed them after they'd been spin doctors was actually they're so valuable because they actually. But see, that's do- a
1: pejorative term. You shouldn't use it. Okay, that anyway. yeah, sorry.
0: Okay. But no, but. Um,
1: <laughs> I don't care. That- people call me that all <laughs> the <me> time. Let me finish.
0: <laughs> no, no, what I'm trying to say, David, is that these people then actually have a deeper understanding and actually understand how government works. Yeah. They understand the grey, yeah. they understand it's <laughs> slow. Okay, they understand that black and white doesn't work. And the black and white of the media does not fit the grey of government hard churn, okay, and the slowness of change. But people who have worked in the system, who understand how hard it is to get legislation through the parliament, who understand the cabinet processes, who who have worked with government departments, they can bring more nuance to their reporting. And I think it's why people like Barry Cassidy, for instance, and Kerry O'Brien and those people who did work on the other side Why they were so respected? Because they actually had a broader and deeper view. They understood the cumbersome work of government. Mm.
1: So how do we then go about this, you know, going back to this issue of trust, this, you know, quite sustained trend around continuing erosion, 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 erosion around trust in government, you know. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, I, I think... If we don't do something about it, you yeah. know, we'll turn around in a few years time it'll be like, hang on, we've lost, you know, we've started to lose, well, we haven't started to. I think we're already on the path, but if we don't do something about it now, then we could find ourselves in in a in a bad place mm. if we don't mm. if we're not more mindful about that. Mm. So, what what's to be done? <laughs> what's to be done? <laughs> You're asking for a
0: silver bullet, yes. though, but I've well, just no, no, told no. you there
1: is none. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just no, what I'm looking for is 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 maybe a inspiration or a pathway or like uh, trying to address the cynicism of 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 journalists who you know i'm not going to be told i'm not going to be dictated to by you i know best like seriously the arrogance i find is just breathtaking in so many journalists where they presume to have an opinion and the fact that you read more opinion than news is just you sort of think really what gave you the right to have that opinion? where did you where did you assemble enough knowledge and enough oh, wisdom right. to be able to think that the world needed to hear what you had to say? God I, I remember I'll tell you a quick story when I first started my journalism career I was working at the ABC and I, there was a fearsome guy, an editor, a guy called David Ford he was the executive producer of AM and I was on my training I was doing in my training and back in those days they would train you and they wouldn't let you on air until you reached a certain standard. And on this particular day, I did a story and I inserted a bit of commentary in the middle, like three, four-minute piece in the middle. And he was listening to it as he was training me and he stopped and he glared and he looked across at me and he went, Pembroke, nobody cares what you think. And I was like, "Um, okay. And from that moment on, I was like, okay, okay. Yeah. Both sides of the story, just go and get it yeah, and yeah. put it out there. And yeah. Whereas we've moved on from that, you know. Well, not, I mean,
0: some certainly some news brands have mm. and it is part of their style now to actually, you know, it would be odd if you didn't insert your opinion. I mean, that's yeah. the, the, certainly the style on news.com and other places, you know. Um, however, you know, but you look at the ABC, for instance, and people have gotten into big trouble for doing it. Andrew proben nearly lost his job over his comments about, um, I think, Tony Abbott being a wrecker. Yes. You know, for instance. Yes. Which turns out to have been fact. Fa- factually e- accurate, <laughs> but at the time was perceived as editorialising. Yes. Um, so I think that, you know, the ABC is, I think, increasingly observant Vigilant. of the d- division between Indeed. opinion and, and news. But, no, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, so what's the question here? You asked me how do we increase trust in the news media, how do we increase trust in government? Yeah. Um,
1: and you got a couple of minutes to
0: <laughs> God, and he didn't give me any... In the, I haven't got anything to drink. Um <laughs> Look, I think, from a government side of things, I mean, really, you know, answer answer the, answer the question. You know, I think increasingly, uh, when it comes to this, you know, where where the media and politics intersect, you know, at that at that point where it, where people are asking you questions, just answer the question. Be straightforward.
1: Be transparent. Be authentic. Be yeah, timely. I mean,
0: authentic is now a form of spin, so it's, it's got its own, you know, it's got its own artificiality about it. But within, you know, as much as possible, within, within a fake environment where you've got a camera trained on you <laughs> and you're trying not to, you know blow up some relationship with a, with a foreign country. Yeah, be as authentic as you can be <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> under those <laughs> those pressures. Um, tell it as straight as you possibly can. Of course, there are constraints. It's easy in opposition, in government, of course. There's a lot more that you can't say. But within the, all of those constraints, for heaven's sakes, be as straight as possible. And remember, you're not just speaking to the reporter. You're speaking to the public. Yeah. And just do not lose sight of the public. Mm. And I think that that's the problem at the moment. I think that we're reaching this. I think one of the problems is, and I think it's been really highlighted by um, the recent raids, um, you know, on, on news organisations with these uh, social, you know, national security laws. Is that all of a sudden the government's making decisions? Uh, it, there seems to be a bigger disconnect between what's in the public interest and and the, some of the decisions that the government's making, mm. you know, and where that representation of government of the people is at the moment. I think that that's in a bit of a strain. But
1: do, you, but do you think that's the the government making the decision or the law enforcement organisation making the decision based on the legislation?
0: Yeah, no, but, I, but governments enact legislation. That, you know, that's right. Law enforcement's only acting on the, on the, on the past legislation. Yeah. So, I mean, there's stuff going on here, you know, where I think things are starting to unravel a little bit and I think it is having a, a negative impact Certainly, on on the um, the government's relationship with the news media, yeah, and that can only play out badly. Yeah, if you're you know if you're you know yes, there's direct communication, but still the news media are still a main a main interface between you know the government and the public. Oh, absolutely. And if uh, if that relationship deteriorates, then that you know there's that's going to cause all sorts of discomfort for everybody. Mm. Um, so that's they've got to really look at that for a start. Do you, do you
1: think there is respect there, or do you think that respect has been strained and 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 lost and broken?
0: Yeah, I think there's I think it's broken in many, many places. I think partly you know over time, because of the you know the um, the erosion of of resources within the news media industry, so the closure of newsrooms, you know the loss of staff and loss of staff with corporate memory, the loss of staff who actually yeah. have a history. Uh, the replacement of skilled reporters with young pups with no corporate memory, uh, who are on the on the hamster wheel of you know twenty four hour, you know churn to, yeah, to fill yeah, the bottomless yeah, yeah. news File, hole. Shoot yeah, video, yeah. record audio, tweet, <laughs> take photos, yeah. upload. When's it the time on? to do research and actually yeah. dig and all the rest of it? So I think that the I think the relationship has been da- badly damaged. I think there's less respect. There's very few old timers in the press gallery. You know, and um, yeah, I think that that has
1: an impact. Mm. So, what do we do about that? Like, how how, how do we you I know think restore news... civility and, and engagement and that understanding and respect and trust between yeah. each other, such that the democracy can it's all about relationships. Function.
0: You know, is all about relationships, mm. and I think people, you know, it's great to see that, the, for instance, the Canberra Times. I understand that they're reopening a bureau in Parliament House. They are. They haven't had one. Yeah. How can you get your message across? How can you reach that person? How can you have any kind of relationship, you know, if you haven't got someone in the press gallery? Who yeah. do you talk to? Yeah. I mean, so fundamentals, trying to restore some actual warm bodies up there is a, is yeah. a good start. Yeah. Uh, keeping them there so that they do develop corporate knowledge, so that there is an ongoing relationship, so that they can apply scrutiny, they do understand the system. Mm. Uh, but I then
1: mean, it's it's incumbent upon, you know, and this is, I suppose, the, the engagement really is around the political Arm um, of yeah. government that yeah. those relationships then be managed in such a way because you know I used to work up there and there was a degree of hostility. You know, of course, at different and there always times. should be. Yeah, that tension. Yeah,
0: that that tension is absolutely necessary.
1: Yeah,
0: um, but it will either be a, a respectful tension, yes, or it'll be outright attack dog, hmm. depending on the relationship. Do you worry
1: about the lack of trust? And I suppose yeah, this I this this is more this is a more this is a wider question, not just about the the news media not just about government, but more broadly that we start to not trust, you know, the communities that we operate in, Uh, you know, we start, you know, there starts to be that fracturing of society if we don't get that bit right.
0: Yeah, but again, it's all about relationships. You know, you can move into a new neighbourhood and never meet your neighbours and, you know, and, and never feel entirely safe until you lean over the back fence and say, hey, mm. you know, come in for a cup of tea. Here's a spare key to my house in case I lock myself out. Hey, I'm going away. Can you feed my cat? You know, still you start having those things and maybe you'll have a street party at Christmas. Mm. Um, you know, it's about relationship building and it's it will always be about relationship building. Mm. It, it, you know, that will never change.
1: Mm. Trust is based on
0: it. Absolutely, you mm. cannot have trust without solid relationships.
1: Mm. Well, there we go. The monster has been tamed. <laughs> we have all the answers to trust. Quite simple, really. It might take a few years, but but I think it's that's good advice. For I um, and and this is a, probably a more broader question, not directly related to trust, but um, it's something that I'm talking about quite. find find myself talking about this quite regularly on the podcast is about the role of the government communicator to get Mm. out from behind the desk and go and talk to people. Absolutely. Not just in their branch, but outside of their branch, into their policy areas, into their program areas, into other agencies, other departments, get into the media and really get out and get in front of people. But
0: also just... Get get out into the community.
1: Yeah, I that's mean, right. And, yeah, beyond that into the actual community I mean, itself. for
0: instance, you know, I'm going to talk to the University of the Third Age next week. They get together every week at the Austrian Club in Mawson and they get people to come and talk to them. Well, why don't get a government communicator to go out and talk to the U3A? Mm. They're very engaged older people who want to know what's going on. I mean, there's so many public
1: forums, actually, yeah. and
0: people do want to know what's going on in their own community. Mm. Um so, yeah, I'd say get out there and just talk to people.
1: No, it's interesting. We, we, we did a podcast a few weeks ago with a, um, a fantastic guy by the name of Conrad Bird from the, the government, uh, the UK government, and he made, he, he made this point of he was always quite happy in his teams to see that nobody was there. He always wanted his people to be out and in front of people because he felt that that's where the value can be created. Yeah. It's where the insights are. Yeah, it it's be. where that understanding is, is where you're going to be able to then bring something back and to be able to create a great piece, a great story, a great video, a great blog, a great podcast, whatever it might be. So, um, yeah, that's interesting. Anyway, Caroline, thank you so much for coming in once again. Thanks for doing the uh, the podcast a couple of weeks ago around the digital news report. And thanks for this discussion around trust. No, because I think it, well, breaking it all down, I think that that's, that's probably, as I say, where's the, the silver bullet? is relationships. The silver bullets is in people. And I think that is probably it. So um, we've solved it. Solved the problem. Fantastic. Again on GovCom C, doing it for you again, audience. Um, Thanks again for coming back. And thanks to Assistant Professor Caroline Fisher. And thanks to you, the audience, for coming back once again. Delighted. I'll be back in a couple of weeks' time with the next episode of GovComs. But for the moment, it's bye for now.
0: You've been listening to the GovCom's podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and subscribe to stay up to date with our latest episodes.